why I'm, I'm tangled. <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? Don't you all love this? I did this on purpose, you know. Good morning. Am I on here? All right. Fun of that. Um, I love that little video. It's great to see God speak in a, or at least the, the video show, creative ways in which God has to speak to us. Uh, it's good to see all your eyes this morning. The rest of your face is beautiful too, but we'll catch that at a later date. So it's good to see you this morning. You know, two weeks ago I preached on, <clears throat> on freedom we have to be led by the Spirit of God. The more I've been looking into this topic, the more I've been studying it, the more I realize that this is the adventure and the joy, one of the great joys it is of being a Christian. <clears throat> that we can be led by the God of the universe. When I think of just following a list of principles and rules, that's not as exciting to me. But there is an excitement and a joy to realize that God cares about our life. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows everything about us. And God wants to lead and guide you in this life. And that is the great adventure. The scripture says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You flip that around. The children of God, everybody raise your hand, children of God. You're led by the Spirit of God. That means the Spirit of God wants to lead your life. Jesus confirms that where he says, My sheep, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow. So that is the great, or one of the great challenges, one of the great joys that we have as God's children. We talked about in the message a couple weeks back, that there are different ways. You see Doug getting notes in his uh, lunch bag. Never quite had that from God. But there are different ways in which God speaks to us. And each of us may have our special way. A way in particular that God loves to speak to you or the way that you're most attuned to his word. Just quickly, some of those ways. One is nature. Anybody of you hear from the Lord through nature? <clears throat> I have, when I go up to the boundary waters, I call that a thin place in my life where the heavens seem accessible. When I'm up there in a canoe or I'm sitting out at the shore and the stars are just lighting up the sky, it's easy for me in those situations through nature to connect to the God who created it all. I mean, even in the scriptures, it has donkey speaking. God used one of his creations. We never worship the creation, but the creation reflects the incredible nature of the creator. Another way God speaks is through prophetic. I really want to encourage you to not miss out what's going on this coming weekend. Don't just get busy and kind of forget. God will be meeting with us. He meets with us every week, but there's a special time when through the prophetic, the Lord speaks to us. And may I say that a word, an apt word from the Lord to you can make a massive difference in your life. 
I think we could stand all day and have testimonies where the Lord spoke something to us and it made a difference. It changed the direction. It confirmed something in our heart. It rearranged the furniture of our soul. A word from the Lord is a powerful, powerful thing. And we want to celebrate that and experience that this coming weekend. Friday will be morning and afternoon individual times. It's not scary. It's just beautiful. Come, let us have a time of prayer over you and seek the Lord together to hear his word for you during this time. So that's easy to be a part of that. God speaks to the prophetic today. <clears throat> God speaks through his word. One of the most major ways. You know how it is when you're reading the scriptures. Hopefully you know how it is when you're reading the scriptures. And you're reading the scripture and a verse just pops off the paper. A verse you've maybe read a dozen times before, but you read something, it's like, oh, that is for me today. And you take that verse and you, you meditate on that verse. And the Lord speaks to us through his scriptures. God speaks audibly. I've not heard the Lord speak audibly, I don't think. But the Lord speaks audibly at times in this world. Speaks through dreams. Some of your dreams are just crazy, right? And you, you don't want to, you, know, you wake up and you go, what was that about? Sometimes they're just crazy, but sometimes the Lord speaks to us through our dreams. I've had that happen at certain times in my life. And through angels. I've never been spoken to by an angel, but the Bible's full of stories where messengers of God come and proclaim a word of the Lord to his people. And probably the most common way is that God speaks to us through that still, small voice. Through something that happens when you have a thought, but you realize this thought is not just one of my daily thoughts. But there's something in this. There's something that God is speaking to me. And we have to learn in our walk with God, how to differentiate between just those random thoughts and when God is entering into our thought process to speak to us. The Lord still speaks today. So we serve a God who is alive and well, a God who knows you personally, intimately, loves you profoundly, and speaks to you today. I want to say that again. We serve a God who's alive and well. Praise the Lord. He's not shaken by what's going on down here. He's not up there on his throne just going, oh, what are we going to do? God's alive and well. And he's not just the clockmaker that set it running and then sits back and says, well, we'll see how this experiment goes. He's alive and well. He knows you personally. You are not lost to him. He doesn't look over your head. He knows you personally, intimately, and he loves you profoundly. If we just understood the depth, the passionate, crazy love of God for you. And you might say, well, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not that great. And I've done things I shouldn't have done. And I, you know what? The Lord knows all of that. 
and he loves you profoundly. And he speaks to us today. And that is, at first I wrote, that's unbelievably wonderful. No, that's believably wonderful. That God is that God who speaks to us today. And so our challenge really is hearing that word from the Lord and responding to it. Because hearing the voice of God is only part of the equation. I want to say that there's three parts to this equation. And hearing the voice of God is part of that equation. So the first part of hearing from the Lord is revelation. God reveals himself to you. This God of all the universe. I mean, when you look at the the Hubble um, telescope and the incredible scenes of nature, you can't even possibly fathom that there's light years between those. I mean, how can we possibly fathom those distances? The God of all of that knows you. He's not limited by space. And he reveals himself to us. And we say things like, well, the Lord spoke to me. You ever use those words? The Lord spoke to me. The Lord showed me. The Lord revealed to me. I have this sense of the Lord. I say, amen. Those are good, wonderful things. But 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh or judge what is said. And I want to take that concept, that truth, and bring it home to us today. Let the prophet speak. Let God reveal himself to us. And then that word needs to be interpreted. It needs to be judged. It needs to be processed. Because how many of you know sometimes it's hard to know if you're hearing correctly? You ever had that question like, is that really you, God? I love that book that the founder of YWAM wrote, Is That Really You, God? Because what happens is we hear a word of the Lord and we interpret it and we act on it and then we hit the wall. And then we hit the problem. And there will always be obstacles when you're going to advance the kingdom. Let's get over that fact that if it's all God, then it's all just going to be smooth sailing. Right, Mario? Mario's on his way to Israel, except Israel closed the doors to all foreigners. Oops. Well, maybe you missed it, right? No. You ask the question, God, I I thought I was supposed to go, and then what's this closed door? Well, sometimes you just got to keep pounding on the door, trusting in the Word of God, and we will rejoice and get videos from Mario and his family when they're where God's called them in his time. So we receive the revelation of the Lord, the word of God, but then we have to judge, weigh, process, interpret that word. That's the second part. The second part is how we interpret that word of God. And this is really important. You know, there's two extremes. There's those churches that have God speaking to them all day, every day about everything. And they're at the fast food place, and it's like, dear Jesus, French fries or onion rings. And they're waiting on God to show them. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, just, just order. Now, somebody out there would say, they're both bad for you. Don't order either. I get that. That may be the Lord. But we get so 
caught up sometimes where the Lord is speaking in everything. And people say, Lord told me to wear this shirt today. Or, or the Lord told me I'd see you today. Or the Lord told me, and you just, after a while, I'm not sure that I would trust all of those as being words of the Lord. Where God speaks to you about everything all day in every detail. And sometimes that can be used or it may feel manipulative. But then you have the other side of the equation where God spoke to us through his word and that's all we need and God no longer speaks today. That just makes me sad. I'm thinking we serve a God who no longer speaks to us today. What a... That's not the relationship I have with my God. And I believe that that is a reaction sometimes to maybe the over-abuse here. So what's the answer? The answer lies, I believe, in the balance, in the health, maybe what I would rather call the tension. Balance sounds just peaceful there somewhere in the middle. But it's normally not that way. Normally there's a push and a pull going God, I want to hear your voice. I don't necessarily need to hear about which shoes to wear this morning. You know, sometimes I don't need that, but God, I know you speak to me today. And how do I know? Where is that answer? I believe the answer is in the balance or in the tension. And you know, any truth taken to its extreme becomes heresy. I want to say that again. Somebody will try to find an exception to that, I know. But I would say a truth taken to an extreme becomes a heresy. It's a good thing to look at. Let me give you an example. Jesus is the Son of God. Truth, right? Let me take that to an extreme. God is a spirit. Therefore, Jesus is a spirit. Therefore, when Jesus was on earth. He did not have a body because he was God here on earth, and he just looked like a body, but he was a floating spirit because God is a spirit. And now I'm in heresy, right? Because we know that Jesus was fully God and fully man while he was here on earth. So we have to be careful when we take truths to their extreme. Sometimes we can move away from what is actually true. So I move back to God speaks to us today. And we want to be able to process and understand those words in ways that are life-giving and that are truly led by his spirit. So I like questions when the Lord speaks to me. I think it's good to ask yourself questions. When you, sit, you hear something from the Lord and you go, was that really the Lord? Here's some good questions. The first one is that, was that actually from the Lord? God, is that you speaking to me? You have to ask that question. Paul says, interesting here in Galatians 1.8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you, a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed or let him be damned. Now think of it for a moment. 
you're praying and an angel appears before you. Big, bright angel appears and has a message for you. Would you believe it? I'd sure be tempted to believe it. <laughs> if an angel shows up to me, I'd say, well, it was an angel. I mean, it was crazy. This angel appeared and had this message for me. And Paul says, if an angel appears and gives you a message that is not in line with the gospel of Jesus Christ, may that angel be damned. May it be cursed. Whoa. Even the word from the angel needs to come under scrutiny, under evaluation. So if you get an angel this week that gives you a word, come meet with leadership of the church. Bring it to the word. If it tells you something that's not in line with the gospel, then it probably was not of God. You say, an angel? I go, yes, because even Satan, the scripture speaks of Satan being a how do I say that best? Deceptively appears as an angel, an angel of light. Satan himself, an angel of light. Beautiful, but evil. We have to interpret the words that God brings to us, or that the words that we are processing I guess that scripture says Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So we ask the question, did I hear the word correctly? Was it simply a personal thought or a desire? We have to ask the question, is this a word for today? That, I want to say that one more time. Is this a word for today? Because I think one of the ways we really miss it from when the Lord speaks to us is in timing. When we get a word, our tendency is, this is for today. There's a story in the Old Testament where a prophet said to leaders who were doing abominable things, he said, your, your bones will be burned on this, on this altar. And that was true 300 years later. I doubt that when he gave that word, he thought, and 300 years from now, he probably thought this year, next year, sometime soon, our mind can't necessarily capture the timing. Think of Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Christ. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Isaiah wrote those words of the 7th century B.C., Sometimes our timing is off and God speaks to you and we have to ask the question, okay, when is the fulfillment of this word? What is your timing, God? My, my son, Joshua, and his wife have a word from the Lord that has been confirmed and processed and they've really worked this word and the word is there to move to Los Angeles. And I'm looking at Los Angeles going, Really? Los Angeles was like, Dad, you taught us to listen to the voice of God. And God has been speaking to us about moving our family to L.A. And so I, I want to go, I praise the Lord, we're with you. 
Doesn't make a whole lot of sense in my mind, but it does make sense to obey the voice of the Lord. But the question I have is timing. The question they have is timing. Is that last year, this year, next year, 10 years from now? They're working on that. What is God's timing for this word? Then you ask the question, what does this word really mean? Here in the church, we've had numerous words that God has new wineskins for City Hill. Praise the Lord. New wineskins. What is that? What is that new wineskin? I mean, we got, nobody's got leather flasks that they have for us at church. We're not talking new wineskins. We're talking something new. And we have to interpret that word. What does that mean? And each of us may have a little different idea of what that means. And we go back to the Lord and say, God, what does that word mean for us? How do we interpret that? And sometimes when we try to interpret words, we set out fleeces. These are some of the most fun things in Christianity. We, we have fleeces. You know, classic stories like when someone says, God told me I'm supposed to marry Susie Q. Young man knows he's supposed to marry that girl because God told him. And then he puts out a fleece and says, Lord, if she wears that nice red dress next Sunday, then I know it's from you. And she comes in with the blue dress. And he, he says, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. She got the wrong dress. Well, if she wears the blue shoes next week, and soon enough, somewhere it works. Yes, that's of the Lord. You have to be careful with fleeces. You have to be careful. Can God speak through them? Yes, he can. You have to be careful. We need to process the word. And one of the things we process, one way we process the word is we bring it to those we trust in leadership. People who love you. People who have your best for you. Best in their heart for you. And you bring, you say, this is what I'm, this is the word I've heard from the Lord. What do you think? Can we pray over this together? We interpret the word that God speaks or that we're processing to really find out what is that word about. And then there's a third part. So you have revelation, you have interpretation, but then you also have the application. And the question really is, how am I to respond to this word? Even in this cute little video, I love you. How do you respond to that? Is there a response that's required or is God simply affirming who you are, speaking into your life, building you up from the inside? Or is there a direction involved in the word that God would speak to us? I spoke about my interaction with a general in the Dominican who was in the process of dying and the Lord said, baptize him. That's pretty clear, right? Although I didn't know timing. I thought tomorrow, right? And so I said, no. Baptize him now. 10 o'clock at night in his hospital bed, baptize him now. That's a clear directive that I was like, okay, I'm crazy. This is not right. But it was so strong inside of me that I thought, okay, obey or disobey, Kent. And God was in that. There's direction that God will speak to us. I just was listening to a story on a podcast this week of a young man that decided to take his life, and he was 
sitting at 2 o'clock in the morning with a gun in his lap, a loaded gun. Life had got to that level of desperation. And a friend of his from California, far away, called and said, I was playing video games and your name came to mind and I began to weep. And the Lord said, call him right now. I have no idea what's going on in your life. But I just needed to call you and tell you how much God loves you. And I'm thinking, wow, beautiful story. There was action required of this man and how tragic it would have been if he would have disobeyed God's directive to him at that moment. Praise the Lord for his obedience that saved this young man's life in a critical moment. So is there action required? Sometimes it's just an affirmation. I see you. I love you. You're not hidden to me. I have a plan for you. And they're simply words of life and encouragement and affirmation, and those are words from the Lord. But then the other words can be words that have direction to them. So I believe that it's very important as we are a body of believers that believe that God speaks today, that we find the health and the truth of the word of God for what we do with those words. So I just, to me, it's been helpful just to go, there's a revelation of God. He reveals himself in so many ways. There's the interpretation of that word, and then there's the application of that word. So let's just run that through the story of Samuel, just to kind of show how God did that with Samuel in the Old Testament. Danielle Hawkins, if you come on up. She's offered to read this scripture for us this morning. One of our wonderful youth. Read the chapter of 1 Samuel, chapter 3. Whatever you want. Whatever easiest for you. What's easier? Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. He said, Here I am, and said, No, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of God had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord God came and said, calling as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end. 
and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because of his sons were, ba were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me, all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Thank you. It says at the beginning here that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. I hear that, I read that with a, I could hear a sadness in that, that God was not speaking actively to his people. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? It's a hard thing in life when you're crying out to God, you're asking him for direction, and the heavens seem like brass. You're saying, why isn't God speaking? And first of all, I would answer that by saying, well, he is God, and he gets to speak when he wants. He's not our errand boy that just is there to answer at all times. Sometimes God just doesn't speak, and it's hard. It's painful when we need an answer, want an answer, and we don't hear from God. First, but Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. When I'm seeking the Lord and I'm not hearing something, I start there and say, God, am I, is there something in my life? It's one of the questions we ask. It may not be the right answer, but we ask the question, Lord, is there, I'm, I want to seek you with all my heart. Is there some resistance that I have to you? I want you to look down and be pleased with me, and I open my whole heart to you, God. Lord, speak to me. Show me. Where the scripture says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be a wicked way in me. So I just say, Lord, if there's something I need to repent of, I want to clear my heart. Because the Lord is looking for those who are to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. He wants to show himself to us. And the Lord searched the earth and found Samuel. You know, Samuel was a miracle child, right? His mother, Hannah was barren, couldn't have kids. She cried out to the Lord. She had Samuel, and she dedicated Samuel to the Lord all the days of his life. He was a young boy brought to the temple. And it was interesting to read how he slept in the temple near the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know, maybe there is, but I don't know of any other situation in the Bible Somebody can correct me if I missed one, but where someone slept near the Ark of the Covenant. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? If it glowed at night. 
you know, of something the inside. I've probably seen too many movies, right? But you wonder what it would have been like. Was it just a quiet box over there or was the power of God? God was said to dwell in the Ark of the Covenant. What it must have been like to sleep in the temple near the Ark. And as I read that, I just felt the Lord want to encourage you that we need to be those who God can speak to us at any time. But putting ourselves in positions when, we can, when God will speak is helpful. God speaks to me more in worship than when I'm not in worship. Speaks to me more when I'm in prayer than when I'm not in prayer. Samuel positioned himself right beside the Ark of the Covenant. Never says why, but I believe that he positioned himself in a place to hear the Lord. The fact that you're online or you're here in church this morning says you're positioning yourself because you want to grow in God. I would imagine that's why you're here. That's why you're participating. And Samuel positioned himself to hear from the Lord. And then God spoke to him. Samuel. Revelation, right? God spoke. He heard the audible voice of God calling his name Samuel. How was his interpretation? He thought, he thought rationally, like you and me, right? Let's see. I heard my name. The only other person in the temple is Eli. Eli must be calling me. Everybody says that makes a lot of sense, right? Somebody called, must be him. Okay, here I am, what do you want? Didn't call. Happens again. Confusion is reigning. Wait a minute, there's only one other person here. It's him. He said he didn't call. Now you're starting to question what's going on. And his leader, Eli, who had been as a father to him, the priest, brought clarity to his word. His interpretation was adjusted when Eli went, okay, Something's going on here. Somebody's calling. It's not me. God must be speaking to you. He went to his leadership, and his leadership was helpful in directing him how to interpret that word. It says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He did not recognize the voice of the Lord. And I just want to say to each of us that I believe God speaks to you. I can't tell you how many people I've said, well, God doesn't speak to me. God speaks to you, other people who are here at the Lord all the time, but God doesn't speak to me. I want to challenge that conclusion. I believe God speaks to you. The question that I think is often more important is, have you learned to hear his voice? Have you learned to recognize the voice of God with all the voices that are shouting around you, with all the commotion in the world? Can you recognize the voice of God? Or do you simply misinterpret it or discount it? I believe that God wants to speak to each of us. And part of us is learning that the Spirit of God's in us and the children of God hear the voice of God, then we need to learn to open our spiritual ears to hear his voice. And I will say that God 
will reveal himself most to those who are most willing to obey. If you continually say no to the Lord, he speaks and you say no, he speaks and you say no, there comes a point where I think God says, well, I don't really want to waste my words until I see a heart that is devoted, that is open to do what I speak. And Samuel had that heart. And the Lord spoke to him the fourth time. And Samuel recognized for the first time in his life the voice of God. And God spoke to him and told him he was going to judge the priest and his home. Now, how would you like it as a young boy and your job is to tell the authority in your life, the priest, that God's going to rain judgment down on his household? You know, I would have kind of, that'd be one of those where I'm thinking, I don't want to give that word. I do not, I mean, that's his first word. Wow, that, his first word was, you're going to be judged. And it scared the kid. He's like, I, and, and Eli saw it right off the bat. What did God say? And I'm sure Samuel was like, well, you know. And Eli's like, you tell me everything that God spoke to you or it'll fall on you. I mean, Eli was not messing around. He wanted to hear what God had to say, and God spoke his word of judgment upon the household of Eli. And I believe that when God speaks a word to us, a natural response is fear. Oftentimes when God speaks to us, it, there may be a sense of, I don't want to say that, I don't want to do that, I don't want to, what if it doesn't happen? I mean, that's one of my greatest challenges. You, you, Lord speaks something to you, and then you, you speak it out. What if you missed it, or what if it doesn't work the way you planned? It, it's scary sometimes. And God is calling us to be people who, are, in spite of the fear, obey. In spite of the fear, we step through. We, and so what I want to challenge us, just as I close today, as I've prayed over this, yeah, come on up. Thanks, Bobby. I just try to picture what would we be like? Let's just bring it home. What would we be like if we had our spiritual ears really cleaned out? From the youngest people, I won't point to the oldest people. What if we really heard the voice of God, interpreted these words with wisdom, talking with our leadership, praying it through, looking to the word of God, and obeyed. What businesses would be launched? What ministries and missions would be begun around the world? What marriages would be healed? What neighbors would be one to Christ? The scripture says the children of God hear the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. And I so desperately want us, starting with me, to be the people of God that in a wholesome, balanced, dynamic way learn to hear God's voice, interpret it rightly, and then 
apply it in obedience. I think we'd change the world. I think we'd see things happen. It wouldn't be clean in the sense of easy. Following God can be messy. It can be challenging. But it can be wonderful in that abundant life that God has promised to each and every one of us. I want to challenge you as I close in prayer that we would be those who say, Lord, speak to me. Like Samuel who says, speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. Open ears with a heart ready to obey. I just want to pray a blessing over us as we close today. May your eyes, dear Jesus, I pray that may your eyes be open to see the Lord in a fresh and very real way. May God open your ears to hear his voice above the noise of the world. May the Spirit of God guide your interpretation of God's Word to you and lead you into all truth by His Spirit. And may you press through your fears and in faith step out and obey the Lord. May it be so of us, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 If you'd like prayer, someone to talk to, pray with you, minister to any needs you're facing. We'll have some people in the ministry team right over here. There's Steve Bradley. He and his team will be over there. If you're new to us today, one of our guests, I'd love to meet you at the Welcome Center. Go in the grace of God. Hear the voice of God and obey it with joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.